Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome to the very first Wednesday of November of 2021. We're in another month. We got this. Let's do this. This is the Happy Hour Podcast with Jamie Ivey, and I'm your host, Jamie. Before we get to anything about today, I need to make a couple of announcements. Number one, my amazing literary agent, Jenny Burke. Today's her birthday, so happy birthday, Jenny. She has been a joy for me to work with over the past couple of years, so I wanted to tell her happy birthday publicly. You guys, today's a fun day as well. If you're listening to this, I'm speaking at the Right Now Media event that is for pastors and leaders up in outside of Dallas, Texas. And I'm so excited. Right Now Media is putting out some phenomenal resources and videos. And so check them out. They have tons of stuff. You can watch their back catalog of things they've got going on. So I'm excited about that. Also, this morning, if you're listening, I was at a book signing event in McKinney, Texas. And listen, I know I'm recording this ahead of time, but I'm getting, you can hear it in my voice. I am so excited because my book, God Made You to Be You, that's been out in the world about a month now, is one of the most favorite things I've ever gotten to do. It's by, hands down the most fun thing I've ever gotten to do. A book dedicated to kids aged two to six has been just a joy for my heart. So I'm excited about getting to do that. If you have a boutique or a school and you want me to come read to your kids or you want me to come to a book signing, these things make me very happy. Send us an email, jamie at jamieivy.com. And someone will get back to you. All right, guys, today we have a great show for you. Tanya Dalton is here. She's a speaker and an author and a nationally recognized productivity expert. And listen, I loved chatting with her about productivity because I'm always trying to find better ways to use my time. Her new book is called On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. Came out just a few weeks ago. And I really enjoyed talking with her. She tells us a little bit of her story of how she got started. And I made sure to ask her questions that were for all women, not just women who are working outside the home, but women who are working inside your home every single day as well, doing the beautiful job of taking care of your kids and taking care of your home. Guys, I think you're going to love this show. First, before we get to Tanya's interview, I want to say thank you to you guys who have gone over and left happy hour reviews and ratings wherever you listen to the show. It is super helpful for us. And I always say it's not just helpful because I get to read nice things. That's always fun and helpful. But it's also helpful because it helps people find the show. And so when you leave a rating or review, you're really saying, hey, I value this show and I want you to know about it as well. I'll tell you this. Mitchie Moo recently left a review and she said this, Jamie. What you have set out to do, you are doing. I am a Christian. I am in my 30s. I am a woman of color and I am married to a white man. I feel welcome here. Every episode I can learn from, relate to, and grow from. You have done a great job at presenting diverse experiences from women and your intentionality on including women of color on your show is evident too. It comes across as intentional yet not mechanical. Thank you for being humble. Wow, I'm telling you, that is the kindest review I could get. Thank you so very much for your sweet words. I really appreciate them. And she's saying what she loves about the show, and it really helps others find it as well. So we would love it if you would help us out and go leave a rating or review wherever you listen to the show. All right, y'all. Here is my conversation with Tanya Dalton. 
Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about this. So great. This is our first time to actual meet in real life. Although we have mutual friends, which is always fun to hear. But tell my listeners a little bit about you, what you do, where you live. I know you just sent a kid to college, so I'm already sad with you and happy with you, all the things. But tell us about you. Yeah. Talk about all the emotions. Sending a kid to college is like literally every emotion available to you. <laughs> I'm so time. not even ready. Uh, well, the good thing is, is you're getting them ready, even when you don't realize you are. That's oh, what that's I good realized. News. That's good news. So, yeah. So I have two kids, Jack and Kate, and I have a husband who works alongside of me. I like to say I, I started off life thinking I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I was a teacher and I had Jack a long time ago at this point and thought I'd be a stay-at-home mom and started a little side hobby business. And I had a conversation with my husband because he was traveling for three or four weeks at a time. He would literally buy a ticket called the Around the World Ticket. He would leave Dallas and fly all the way around the globe and he'd come back three or four weeks later. Wait, literally? Literally, it's called the Around the World Ticket. He touched six continents on one trip on time. Yeah, because for business, not because he just wants to make a record or something. No, no 100, you know, 180 days around the world. No, for business. He did international marketing. (gasps) And so and I knew. Okay, wait, I have so many questions. I got one more question. So you literally call American Airlines and say, I need an around the world ticket. Like, I I feel like I'm being. Yes. Yes. And then you say, I want to I want to get to like diamond, platinum, whatever, like the highest level is like on the fast track. He literally got it in like 10 days. Of course he did. Level was crazy. Yes. Okay. I want to have this around the world ticket. <laughs> Although he'll tell you like the inside of a hotel room looks exactly the same in Shanghai as it does in Dallas. Texas. That is the truth. The, all the Marriott's are just the same. Yes. <laughs> all the Marriott's exactly the same, same pillows, same beds. So that was the thing is he was traveling the world and he would be gone. And so I decided I wanted to start a little side business just to kind of keep myself occupied. So I had $50 to start this little side business and I had a phone call with him. When he was on the other side of the planet, we would call at the morning and in the evening, right? Right as one was going to bed, the other one was getting up and getting ready for their day. And I had a conversation with him that really changed my whole life, I think, because I'm on the phone. I'm telling him all the things the kids are doing. They're running around. They're doing crazy things. And he's like, I'm missing everything. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, you're not. He said, no, I'm missing all the milestones. I'm missing the moments. And I tried to make him feel better. But I knew this was really tugging on him. So I hung up my phone. I stood in my bright yellow kitchen in Dallas, Texas, and I made a big decision that day. I decided I was going to grow my little side hobby business that I was selling to friends, maybe friends of friends, maybe no website, none of Uh that. I was going to grow that to the point where I could absorb his MBA income and we could just have the lifestyle we wanted with him being home more, able to do carpool and make lunches and do all those things. And I had zero business experience. $50 $50 I, was my investment, zero business experience. I sat down that night. I mapped out what this could look like. I created this big audacious goal for myself, which I now call my cathedral. And within about a year, I made that happen. Stop it right now. To come and work alongside of me. And we have worked together side by side, or rather across the desk from one another uh, since 2009. Okay. What were you selling? Have you even told us this? Like, what was your little side hustle? Well, at the time I was doing jewelry. It was very specific and very niche. And this is totally going to date me because at the time we didn't have like fancy iPhones or anything where we show pictures and people would say like, Hey, let me see pictures of your kids when I'd be out. And I'd be like, you are lucky I showered today. You think I have pictures (laughs) of my kids? So what I decided was I was going to create jewelry that I could wear with pictures of my kids in them. So bracelets, rings, 
necklaces, things like that. I started selling to photographers, photography studios. I was selling oh, yeah. really high end. So sterling silver heirloom quality jewelry that I sold to them that they would then sell to their clients. It was one of those things where I kind of stumbled into it a little bit because it was something I was filling a need that I had for myself. And it was great because that's how I was able to bring John alongside of me to work. It's what allowed us to then move to Asheville, North Carolina, which is where we live now because we could live because anywhere. Because it's beautiful. Why, until we retire. Why not yeah. live in Asheville? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. But then I did look at him in 2013 and I'm like, I love you. I love working with you, but I don't love what we're doing. The jewelry. It's not really. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it was great. It was a great vehicle to get me where I needed to go, but it really wasn't making the impact. It wasn't making the difference. I really felt like I was designed to make, like, I feel like God put me here for a purpose. And it wasn't that, that there was something bigger. I used to be a teacher and teachers are all about making a difference and all of that. So he said, great. What do you want to do? You tell me what you want to do. And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. What if I, what if there is nothing out there? Right. I mean, it was kind of frightening Yeah. and keep in mind that he and I are both working for the company that I started. I'm the CEO. He's the CMO. It pays our bills, the mortgage. It, it feeds our kids the three meals a day that they do demand. They like to be fed. So they demand it so much. <laughs> I have, I've tried to convince them they only need one or two, but they, nope. they really do insist. So it was kind of a scary time of like, what does this look like? What does this mean? So I started trying to spend time uncovering what am I really here to do? What is my purpose? What does that look like? And every time I would Google it, it would be like, start with your purpose. And I'm like, no, that's what I'm trying to figure out. And so I created some exercises for myself. I really dove into who I am and, and what I love. And there were three things that really I felt at the time were what defined me. And one of those was productivity. I'd scaled a business so it could absorb my husband's MBA income. And it was because of productivity that I could do that. I loved working with women. I was doing a lot of uh, small business consulting with women, helping them get their businesses off the ground. And I I love light bulb moments for women. Mm -hmm. I love like when their eyes light up, when they get it, right? So I love education. Teaching is just a part of me. Can't leave it behind. Once Uh a teacher, always a teacher. So out of these three very unrelated, disconnected things, I connected them together by creating Inkwell Press Productivity Co., which is my company where we create products for women to help them feel more productive. Um, And really for me, productivity is not about doing more. It's doing what is most important, really focusing in on the things that matter. So uh, decided to open up a business, closed down that first business, went without income for about four, five months. That was a big leap of faith, right? In between the two things. Uh huh. In between the two. Yeah. I looked at my husband like a week before the launch and I was like, this is either going to be amazing well, we're going to be living in our car under a bridge. <laughs> two, options. Sure two options. Two options. Yeah. Right. And we're not living in a car under the bridge. So that, you know, we had launch day, we had 500 orders with our launch. Things just took off. We scaled to seven figures in less than 18 months. And it just continued to grow and scale from there um, to really leaning into more of the services, doing the podcast, really helping educate women not just like, how do you use the planners, but how do you really focus in on what matters most? How do Mm -hmm. you prioritize? How do you, how do you discover your purpose? How do you, how do you really step into the greatness that you were designed for? Out of that, I've had my first book came out two years ago, The Joy of Missing Out. And now of course I have my second book on purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success that has just come out uh, like a week or so ago. 
Wow. I'm sitting here listening to all this and I'm like, can I just come and hang out in your living room and, and let you pour into <laughs> my life as well? Okay. Well, congrats on all of this. I love stories like this of hearing of how people have got where they are and you have a beautiful story and you have your first book, this next book that you have, it just released a couple of weeks ago on purpose, the busy woman's guide to an extraordinary life of meaning and success. I think that when I read that, and a lot of people read that, we think to ourselves, busy woman, check. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary life. I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I have an extraordinary life, meaning mm -hmm. and success. I want that. Am I looking for that? And the title's on purpose. So when you even said earlier, like everyone's like, find your purpose, find your purpose. What does it mean to find mm -hmm. our purpose? Like what is a life on purpose? Yeah. Well, the reason why I call it on purpose is it is living on purpose. I like to say that I get people in the door with productivity. They're like, Ooh, productivity. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do a lot of things, right? It's like the shiny object. Uh -huh. They come in the door and I'm like, listen, it's really intentional living. It really is about choosing how you want to live, prioritizing the things that matter the most to you. That's really what it means to live a life that's intentional, a life that feels extraordinary because extraordinary really is a choice. But living on purpose is also about living to something bigger than today. I think so often we get caught up in the to-do list and chasing busy, trying to check a thousand things off our list. When we live on purpose, it's living bigger than today. It's looking out on the mm. horizon and uh -huh. seeing a tomorrow, a vision of what we want, what we desire, what we think we were designed for in the future and connecting our activities of today, the tasks and the things that we're doing with that future for tomorrow. And I call that cathedral thinking, really looking forward into the future, finding and discovering what your cathedral is, and then really deciding what your goals are and what things you want to do to get you to that big, beautiful cathedral out in the future. Wow. I will refrain from making this about me and telling that me and you are going to sit here and figure out my cathedral thinking. But you did in your book, you have some brain research that explains actually why this is hard for us to think about yes. our future selves and look forward. What did you find with that? Well, this is what I love about brain research is I feel like so often we think that there's something like wrong with us. Like I just mm. can't do these things or this never works for me. Goals never work. I always fail or I need more willpower. And I feel like when we understand that this is how your brain is wired, this is how your brain is designed to work. We're like, oh, okay. I'm totally normal. Now I know how it works. I can flip that and I can switch it. So it really works for me. Wow. And one of the most fascinating studies I think is an fMRI study that they did where they studied an fMRI is um, where they examined the parts of the brain and they would have these participants talk about themselves. So they would talk about themselves in a certain area of the brain would like light up, get really colorful, right? Well, then they would say, okay, I want you to talk about yourself in the future. Now the future could be three weeks from now, three years from now, three hours from now. When they talk about themselves in the future, a different area of the brain lights up. Not the same area as when you talk about yourself. But the most interesting thing is this. When they would have those same participants talk about Natalie Portman or Matt Damon, that same area of the brain would light up. So in other words, you in the future feels like a stranger, someone that you kind of know, someone right. who looks and acts like you, who has the same name as you, but isn't you. So your brain is like, well, that's not me. So... I'm not going to prioritize the things that are going to help that person. I need to worry about survival for today. And when we understand that your brain is really primed to take care of you and survive today and is not primed for the future, it really explains like why we choose the shoes over investing in the 401k, why we choose the cookie over the carrot, because 
it's not you who has to deal with the repercussions, right? You don't have to deal with not having some strange person in the future. That other person. Yeah. And to me, that was the most eye-opening thing where it's like, oh, hold on. So it's not that I'm the worst or it's not that there's something wrong with me. This is how my brain works. So now that we know that, let's make a connection and let's really start to see ourselves in the future because then when we can associate with who we are in the future, we can connect what we're doing today. And that's really when we find more meaning in our days. So how does that change what we do? Like what would it change for someone to take that moment to think that's really them in the future? It's not some like Mm -hmm. fictional character of that part of their brain is telling them. How does that change someone's I mean, you, you talk a lot about productivity, but how does it change someone with like their goal? And does that tie mm-hmm. into that cathedral thinking? Is that what you're saying that ties into? Yes, because here's the thing is like, let's say, let's say that you want to run a marathon. If you oh, took a I would love to run a marathon. a marathon. Yes, there you go. I won't, but it's okay. Keep going. Yeah, I have no interest in running a marathon. <laughs> I leave that to my husband. No, thank you. But you could even superimpose a picture of yourself on that face. So then when you see it, you're like, that's what I will look like. That gets you to want to get out of bed and go running today to run the hundred yards you need to run today to get you to that marathon down the road. Right. Cathedral thinking really is looking far off into the future. I call it cathedral thinking because it's based off this idea that in the 1100s, the 1200s, those city builders, the architects, the artisans, they built these beautiful cathedrals like uh, the Duomo in Florence or Notre Dame, right? They took hundreds of years to build, but they created this legacy, right? And so it's really about creating something that's so much bigger. And we work towards that cathedral and we move backwards to really discover what do our goals need to be today to get us to that big, bright, beautiful future, that cathedral that Mm. we're really aiming for. Because I think that what happens is we're chasing busy. We check a thousand things off our list. We run around here, there, everywhere. We fall into bed at night. We're exhausted. We're worn out. And you know what we think to ourselves? Oh, why didn't I get more done? Mm. Even though we were busy all day long, right? When's the last time you fell into bed and went, ah, today was amazing. Today felt incredible. I am amazing. What happens is because we're going for those short-term wins, running here and there and doing those things, it's not connected to something bigger. We don't get that feeling of satisfaction. We don't feel successful. We just feel exhausted. We feel tired. And when we do fewer things, things that have more meaning, things that are tied to that big, beautiful cathedral, that's when our activities for today feel amazing because we know it's getting us closer to that future we're desiring. That's when we have more meaning. You know, when I feel that the most is when I'm on vacation with my man, because you know what I'm doing? I'm doing the least amount of things and I'm doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I lay in bed and went, today was amazing. <laughs> yeah. But you did what matters most. You're spending I did what matters time most. with your man, right? Yeah. Because nurturing your marriage is a priority. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing is, why don't we have that more often? Why can't we have that on a Tuesday or just a random Thursday, yeah. right? When we start to really connect what we're doing today to that bigger thing in our life that we're really working towards, that's when we feel amazing, not just on vacation. Two questions I want to ask you to put this into practice for us with this productivity. Yeah. And like, we all have a thousand to-do lists. And, and when you said, mm-hmm. do you get into bed and you're exhausted and you think, I didn't even accomplish anything today. I do know what that feels like because a lot of the things that I do for my job they are a little mundane. For example, you and I are interviewing on, you know, September 28th. People are listening to mm-hmm. this on November 3rd. So what I'm doing today is not the finished product, but I'm looking ahead to what's going to happen. And so I can have a lot of that in my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about the person who is from a business standpoint, but I also want to talk to that person who is a stay-at-home mom. 
Yeah, because you I've can't tell me that this, me too, I've been both as well. And you can't tell me that what you're saying here doesn't apply to them because it does so much. I'm like Absolutely. hearing this in my head so many times. So talk to that mom real quick that literally feels like I get in bed and, and she is literally exhausted because she's physically yes. worn out, but also has mm-hmm. that feeling of, did we accomplish anything today? Like what actually happened mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. life today? So how do you transform that into her cathedral thinking? Other than like where you and I are with like, oh, we just sent a kid off to college. That, that feels like way off in the, just sending them off. Yeah, yeah. It does. But I will tell you that when you send your kid off to college, you do see there's like the moment, there was this moment where Jack walked into his dorm and he didn't look back because he felt so confident. And I thought, this was the moment mm. I've been working for, for the last 18 years. Right. So there, yeah. there is that you do get to those. I like to say stay at home moms are really the CEO of the home. It really is a mindset shift that you, you are running a business. You're running a nonprofit and your product <laughs> it is are, a nonprofit. Is, I love it without question. And your product you're creating are well-adjusted children with morals and values and ethics who then mm. go forth into the world, who leave your nest and don't just fly, they soar. That's really what we're creating, right? And when we, when we connect what we're doing today with coloring in the coloring book or disciplining our kids or being in the trenches of motherhood, covered in boogers and vomit and God knows what, right? It's easy in the moment to be like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. But when we do connect it to the children we're trying to raise, when we connect it with the homes we're trying to create for our families and the communities that we're building, that's when we have more meaning in those day-to-day activities. It really is about doing the fewer things that matter the most. And I would challenge, especially stay-at-home moms, because a lot of times they feel like, And I know this, having been a stay-at-home mom myself, you feel like you have to do all the things that you don't have a team. You're like, oh, good for you, CEO. You've got a team underneath you and they can go and do these things. The truth is you as a stay-at-home mom have a team at home as well. And me as a CEO of a business, I have a team at home. I have a team at the office and a team at home. And I think it's really important to recognize that when we bring our kids in, when we bring our spouses, our significant others in to support us, mm-hmm. we become a stronger team together. I think so often as women, we feel like it's our job to support everyone, all that weight. And it's exhausting. Exhausting, yeah. When really, I mean, think about any time that you have your kids do something for you, especially when they're little, they're like, I do it. I do it myself. I yeah. help. I help. They want to help. Uh So for me, even when I was starting that first business with the $50, I had two small kids playing at my feet and I would, I would take a stack of papers and I'd be like, oh gosh, every one of these has to get a stamp on it. They didn't need a stamp. (laughs) Every one of these needs a stamp. Oh, one of my kids would be like, I'll do it. Right. And they would stamp a Snoopy stamp or something like that on there. Right. Clearly nothing work related, but it made them feel like they were part of the team. And so Think about how when you allow others in your circle to support you, how that really solidifies your team. When you realize that allowing others to support you is a gift that we can give to others, we're more open to that idea. Mm. I mean, think about when when you have a friend who asks for help, who needs your support. How do you feel after you've given that support? I love it. Amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. We love saying, no, no problem. We're happy to help out. That's a gift. So we're able to give that gift to other women. We can say, I need help and give them the gift of helping us. Mm. We can give our family members the gift of loving us by accepting their support. It is a lot of times doing away with some of the perfectionism. Mm. We feel like we have to do it all and we have to do it incredibly well. When sometimes good enough is just good enough. So true. It's so true. 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. You said you started this business, $50 in your pocket. You've had this really niche photo jewelry business, uh, which is fabulous. On the, If anyone listens to me on the Relevant Podcast, Derek Miner always says there's riches in the niches. So there's that. I can't stop thinking about that. Yes. You started this, uh, you know, $50, your own thing. And you've said many times, like, 
do what is the most important thing today. We have a lot of people mm-hmm. who are starting small businesses or they, or they desire to, or they mm-hmm. want to. Um, how do you actually, what is the framework for thinking through that? Because everything yeah. can feel important and everything oh. can feel as so it must be done mm-hmm. today by me. And the truth is you and I both know that there is a little bit of reality to that in some seasons of start of a startup. Uh, yep. But what is your encouragement if you're really saying, hey, do what is most important today. And I look around at my to-do list and I think everything is the most important today. What do we do right. about that? I mean, that's the problem. If everything is a priority, that means nothing's a priority, right? Everything's at the same level. The time you spend with your kids is at the same level as your marketing budget, which is at the same level as responding to a customer, which is at the same level as the dry cleaning. All of it's a priority, right? So it really is kind of cutting through a lot of that clutter uh, and really discovering what's important to you. And I think that's probably the biggest mistake people make when it comes to productivity. They, They feel like there's a magic system right? And they think there's a system and that sits front and center and they're supposed to wrap their life around it. They're supposed to bend and twist who they are to really fit the system when really it's you. What is most important to you? Mm -hmm. What are the things that you want to prioritize? For most of your listeners, I'm guessing it's their family, right? It's having the family time. Family is a core value for not just me personally, but also for my business. But putting those front and center and then wrapping the productivity system around that playing to your strengths, playing to your weaknesses, really allowing life to happen for you. Um, and so like with your business, a good thing to, to really incorporate is the Pareto principle, which a lot of people know is the 80-20 rule. Right. That 20% of your work or your effort results in 80% of your outcome. So it's really dialing in and figuring out what are the 20%? Like when you say the riches are in the niches, Mm -hmm. who is your niche client? Not just what is your niche product, right? But who is it you really want to work with and focus in on that smaller group because that's going to make the bigger impact. That's going to result in 80% of your revenue if you focus in on a smaller group, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And really for those people who have existing businesses, I tell them like, list out all of your SKUs, list out all of the products that you offer or all the services that you offer. Go through and then really take a good look, figure out which are your top ones. What's your top 20%? What are your top 20 sellers? And then get rid of the rest because those are just distractions. Mm. When you're starting a business, it's easy to feel like you have to wear all the hats and you think you have to wear them all at the same time. Mm. Uh, For me, I've scaled and grown two businesses. The second business I scaled to seven figures and I had three employees, me, my husband, and a part-time employee. So it really is focusing on what matters most. One of the tricks that I would do, and I think this works no matter who you are, what industry you're in, or if you're a stay-at-home mom, is really theming your days. So for me, when I was starting out my business, it was marketing Mondays. Then Tuesday was all about outreach. Wednesday was my warehouse day where I focused in on products. Thursday was innovation. Friday was for finances. So on Monday, I'm focused in on marketing and I'm thinking about marketing. I'm not worrying about marketing on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's my day where I would write my, my you know newsletter or I would work on my social media plan and do those things. And I would focus on that hat. And that would be my main focus for the day. That's not to say I wasn't answering customer emails or I wasn't doing all the little things, but the biggest block of my time, and I would block off time in my morning to focus in on marketing. Then on Tuesday, doing Tuesday's theme. Mm -hmm. What that allowed me to do is to go deeper into those areas of my business instead of feeling like I had to do all of them at the same time. Mm. That was probably one of the best things I did for myself to really allow myself to do my best work. I think this works, whether we're talking about stay-at-home moms, having themes for what you're doing, 
for the day. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of the thinking out of it. We have a lot of thinking that goes on in our heads. So much thinking in our heads. Yeah. I mean, this is why at the end of the day, someone's like, where do you want to go to dinner? And you can't think of a single restaurant. Your brain is like, literally like I'm done. Right. I'm not making any more decisions. We're through here. You figure it out. Right. Yeah. And, and so we want to take the thinking out of it. And so it really is establishing basically what I've done there is I've created a habit that Mm -hmm. Mondays is for marketing. Fridays are for finances. Things aren't falling through the cracks because they're getting taken care of on their day but I'm not worried about it. not thinking about it. Same thing with laundry. So Tuesday is laundry day for my kids. That was laundry day when they were little. It's been laundry day for forever. Right. Uh So Tuesday was laundry day when they were really teeny tiny. I would call upstairs and say, it's Tuesday laundry day. Of course, I'm super happy in the morning. That's exactly what I sound (laughs) like. Uh, And they would take their, their hampers down the stairs. I intentionally bought hampers that they could take down the stairs by Uh themselves. Yeah. So they would take it down the stairs on Tuesdays. Then they got a little bit older. And by a little bit older, I mean like three or four years old. Right. And I would say it's Tuesday, laundry day. They'd bring their hampers down and they would sort their laundry. Now, would it have been faster for me to sort my laundry? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So much easier. But I stood over them and I looked at it as an investment. Mm. These are darks. These are lights, right? After a few times, they start figuring it out. And then eventually when they were like five, I'd say it's Tuesday, laundry day. They'd come downstairs sort their own laundry, put it into the washing machine. And then they got a little bit older, seven or eight. And guess who's doing the laundry? Not me. I'm not doing the laundry anymore because I set up this automation. This Mm. is something that happens without thinking. You can see there, I'm bringing in my team. And not only that, my son who's in college, there was no stress about how to do laundry. He already knew. Yes. There's no stress because he knew not only how to do his own laundry, but Friday was house laundry day. And that was a chore that my kids also do. So I don't have to do everything. Yeah. Right. But it is an investment. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at the things that we're doing today and how they they bear fruit in the future. It yeah. really is yeah. about cultivating these tasks. And the same things can happen with all the areas. Laundry is a good example because yeah. we all have laundry. Who wants to think about laundry? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to spend 10 seconds of my day thinking about laundry, right. but it must be done. This is how we get some of those mundane tasks off of our plate. This is how we get some of these mundane tasks so they're not taking up brain space. I want to think about how I want to spend time with my husband. Mm -hmm. I want to spend time thinking about how I'm going to grow my business. I don't want to think about, do we have any clean underwear? Mm -hmm. That's the last thing I want to think about. Yeah. So creating some of these systems, these automations in our home life, in our businesses, that can make a huge difference. You can see how that just starts moving on autopilot. Totally. I think I read someone the other day that we think multitasking is actually good for us, that actually our brains are having a hard time going back and forth between all these different projects. I'm guilty of that um, in the office of going Mm -hmm. back and forth. Uh, One thing, I love what you've done. And someone told me about this years ago, this kind of like batch working system that you're doing. And we've tried to do that in with interviews because that's the bulk of what I do. And so for me, it works best if I can have a whole day of interviews. So I know Mm -hmm. I'm going to be exhausted from talking, exhausted from listening, exhausted from thinking, but I get all those interviews done on one day. And then the next day, I don't have to worry about doing interviews. I could do something else. Obviously that changes throughout different seasons and what kind of projects we have launching, but that really is helpful. One thing I want to ask you about that I have heard recently, but I don't think I've ever heard it explained to me very well, is this idea of habit stacking. And I am going to imagine it goes along with what you were just talking about with productivity, but tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. Yeah. So this is the thing is a lot of times we love to blame our lack of willpower or I'm just not disciplined enough. And we think that we want discipline. I like to equate discipline to um, white couches. 
Okay. So bear with uh-huh. me here because that seems really weird, right? But I look at these white couches, like in catalogs and on Pinterest, and I'm like, ooh, I want a white couch. Right. Look at that living room. Don't it's we gorgeous. All? Yes. Oh, I love it. And then I remember I have two kids, a dog, a cat. We like to have popcorn when we watch movies. And I'm like, oh my God, a white couch is a nightmare. I would be cleaning it constantly. Not for me, not for my lifestyle. I can look at that and appreciate it, but it's not really what I want. And that's the same thing with discipline. Like when you see these highly disciplined people, is that really what you want? Because I don't, I like some flexibility built into my day. I like to have room and, and grace to be able to, to laugh and blow things off and to, to really just live life. I think we need to allow that space. Um, and so we don't really want discipline. But what we want is we want to establish habits for ourselves. We want to establish these really healthy habits that fit whatever that big, beautiful cathedral is that we're working Mm. towards, right? So let's say, for example, for you, you want to really create a beautiful morning routine that feels really nurturing, really nourishing every day. And you're like, well, I can't do that. That's impossible. Okay, let's habit stack this. Let's look at something you're already doing. I would guess the majority of your listeners are already drinking a cup of coffee in the morning. You walk across the house, you go over to the coffee maker, you pour yourself a cup of coffee. That's a habit. You do it automatically without thinking. So let's stack on that. Mm. What we can do is let's leave a meditation app next to the coffee maker, right? Or let's leave our Bible there so we can do our daily devotional. So we go to get our coffee, we, we get triggered like, oh, there's my devotional or there's my meditation app. Let me go ahead and pick that up. I'm going to take my coffee and do this at the same time. Then you could put something next to that, right? Like, let's say that you want to go for a walk next. So let's leave your shoes and your workout clothes, wherever it is, you're going to fill out your devotional or your meditation app or whatever it is. And then we start stacking these habits one on top of the next, because again, we're taking the thinking out of it. We're not like, ooh, when am I going to have time to do my devotional? Or when am I going to have time to go for a walk? It's already something that you're going to do automatically because you've stacked it on something you're already doing. So that barrier to get it started, it's not even there. It's so easy. And the next thing you know, you've established a whole new beautiful habit that you love, that nurtures you, right? Mm -hmm. That takes care of you. And then you can build on that even more. That's essentially what a beautiful morning routine does is it allows you to take care of yourself. It allows you to take care of the things that are really important to you without thinking about them. I love that. I think I kind of started doing this with one thing and didn't even know it. Now I've only got one stack, so I need to add some more things, but I have been, when I come into my office, we have a a studio for the podcast and then I have my office across the hall. And when I come in, I'll put my bag down, usually go make a cup of coffee, but I sit down on my computer open up my laptop, turn it on. And I've been leaving this book that I've been reading. At the end of the day, I'll put it back right on my desk. And yes. so when I'm yes. done reading it in the morning, I put it back in the other stack, but I've been putting it back on my desk. And so it's literally like I get my coffee, I sit down, open up my laptop and my book is right there. That's my first habit. I already stacked it. Look at you. You're already, I mean, this is the thing. It's so easy. And I think this is the thing is we have this idea that habits are these bad things like biting our nails or smoking, but healthy habits, habits that we choose can be really, really beneficial to us, you know, and it's the same thing when we think about our goals or how, when we think about who we are and how we identify ourselves, let's, let's say that you are somebody who's like, I'm the worst with money. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a limiting belief. That's a story you tell yourself. I need to be more disciplined when it comes to money. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's think about what's a, what's a healthy habit that you could do on a regular basis. Well, you could check in with your accounts, do like a, a 10 minute reconcile, right? You could do that on Fridays. 
So if you're doing something already on Fridays, like let's say that you go and you meet a friend to go for a walk, what you could do is you could leave your shoes next to your computer. So you could check the computer and do your 10 minutes of reconciling right before you go on the walk with your friends or, you know, wherever you put the dog's leash, when you come back, you put your computer right next to it. So then next thing, you know, you're reconciling your account on Fridays. And then you're like, I could probably do this on Tuesdays. Now I could do it on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then the next thing you know, is you're not the worst with money. You now identify as someone who's reconciling your accounts twice a week. Mm-hmm. This is how we change how we think about ourselves and what mm-hmm. we believe about ourselves is really important. And it's not through discipline. It's by setting ourselves up with these tiny little wins that build momentum because you get a tiny win. You get that winning feeling and that momentum builds. And then you mm-hmm. do that tiny win again. And the next thing you know, it becomes so much easier. And now you're no longer the worst with money. You're somebody who takes care of your finances. I love and it. And totally you changed your whole identity. Totally. And you talk about that in the book about the stories that we believe in. I did run a couple of half marathons in my life. And I remember it's true. I got done with the half marathon. It was like accomplished something. I immediately wanted to run another one. Like I had that feeling of like, oh, I accomplished this. Let's do this again. It's so great. You have so much great stuff in this book on purpose, the busy woman's guide to an extraordinary life of meaning and success. And this book came out the end of October, but this is, you know, November right here. I think this is great. Also going into the new year, so many of us will sit down and be like, what are my goals for this year? What am I doing? And I love your cathedral thinking idea of how do we think forward and then do the, what matters the most each day to get to that. Tanya, thank you for this book. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. I would love to know what you're loving and what you are reading these days. Oh, I love these questions. So what I'm loving, I'm loving right now, honestly, going for walks every night. Like the weather is gorgeous right now. Um, I'm also loving, I'm loving my new relationship I'm having with my son as he is off in college Mm -hmm. because I felt like it would be so much harder, but just that new shifting in our relationship has been really, really fun to watch and just watching him thrive as he's headed off to college. Um, I'm loving, there's so many things that I'm loving right now. Honestly, there's so much to be grateful for. I feel like in this world, uh, I've really been focusing in on doing um, some different gratitude exercises for myself. So I've been enjoying those. Uh, Reading wise, I'm always reading something. Right now I'm revisiting uh, U Squared which is always a fun book to read because it's all about mindset and it's a super fast read. I think it's like 30 pages. Yeah. Uh, So I'm rereading that. I just got through reading um, Dream First, Details Later by Ellen Marie Bennett. uh, And I just got to hear her speak. uh, And that was a really great book as well. So so yeah, those those are a couple of things I'm reading right now. I love it so much. Well, Tanya, thank you for this work that you've done. And I'm excited to meet you in person. By the time this airs, this would already be uh, old news, but we're speaking at the same event uh, in a week. So that'll be really, I'm really excited exciting. For that. It'll be exciting. Well, thank you for coming on the happy hour. Absolutely. This is a lot of fun. 
Okay, are you ready to tackle the world? Are you ready to take over your to-do list? Are you ready to stack your habits? Are you ready to think for the future? Are you ready to do all of these things that she mentioned? You guys, if you want more information, go check out her book that just released last week called On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. And if you love her that much, go look at her first book. It's called The Joy of Missing Out. Speaking of the joy of missing out, you guys, I need to let you know in a couple weeks, the holiday gift guide is here. On November 19th, set your calendar, set your watches, set your alarms, whatever you need to do. That sounds so cheesy, but in all seriousness, November 19th, the holiday gift guide, it launches here on the podcast and it launches on YouTube as well, which you can go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube and you can see it over there. You guys, we have some amazing businesses to share with you this year. You're going to get all your holiday shopping done. I just know it. So make sure you come back and listen again on November 19th. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make Make us laugh and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy. And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.